What's up, everybody, and welcome to Directly Yours Light, a Nintendo podcast. I'm your host, Adam Renard, and I'm in my car, driving around in all the Christmas hustle and bustle, uh, trying to wrap a few things up and, and make sure I got everything. I hope that you are doing or have done the same and that this podcast finds you well. Uh, I recorded a podcast last week that was in reaction to the awards or the game awards and the indie world. I'm going to go ahead and load that podcast, but during the week I had some uh, small commuter issues and could not get that loaded. I am all back and ready. So uh, as you can hear, uh, what I wanted to do this week is give kind of a state of the union of the Nintendo Switch. What's going on with the Switch? How is it going? What needs to be known about it going in, and where are we as of uh, the end here of 2019? And the first thing I want to bring up is the console. You know, I want to talk to you guys about the system. I want to talk to you guys about third-party games, about indie games, and about first-party efforts of Nintendo. Uh, so so launching into it here, uh, the console. Basically, if you bought the console in 2017, when, if you bought it the very first week it was available, or you bought it in 2019, you would not notice any major distinguishing things that are huge differences for uh, this product. You just wouldn't. You they, The UI has not changed. It is pretty much the exact same UI that you had with it. Now, that is sleek. That is satisfying. I totally understand why Nintendo has not messed with it all that much. Because, really, what they did with the Switch was awesome. It makes great sounds. Everything is very, very, um, just, it is. It's satisfying is the best word for it. Uh, that said, um, I would love, would love if they had added some themes. If they had added some stuff that, that made it shine just a little bit because it is definitely starting to feel a little bit like aged in that, in that sense. I would love to see them just introduce themes in the next year. We had a Mario theme or a Mario Kart theme or a Splatoon theme. I don't think it would be that difficult, but, uh, you know, if they don't change it and if they stick with it, I don't see any major issue with it. Uh, the big thing that has changed is the battery life. Uh, the battery life when it came out in 2017 was a huge criticism. And while I have never personally had any major issues with it, I mean, save like a car trip where we've had to turn it off earlier than it took us to get where we're going. I have never had any issue. That's not to say that nobody has or that there isn't an issue. If you have long trips that you are taking, the switch is probably going to give out on you. Unless you buy a battery pack or unless you buy something that is going to be able to extend that battery life. And that was that was the initial thing. Now, this year, 2019, that changed. Uh, they announced the Switch Lite. The, the Switch Lite came out in September on the, the same day as uh, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, I believe. And that had a longer battery life than the standard system. And I think it's only about an hour, hour and a half, something like that. But then they announced that there would be a new version of the Switch. And everybody was looking to see if it would do anything more processing power-wise. But it did, really didn't. The big difference is the battery life. It, it, I think, doubled it or more than doubled the original model of how long the battery could last. And that was a, a really 
tempting offer, actually. I got to be honest with you, because uh, I I know a couple of people who did trade up just to get the better battery life, and I gave it consideration. Uh, I don't purpose personally see the need to at the moment, but that's not to say that it will never be worth it. Um, so that is something that if you're going to go out and buy a switch, if you're listening to this, it's post Christmas, it's into 2020. Whenever you're listening to this, if you haven't bought a switch yet. And I don't really know why you'd be listening to me if you hadn't bought a Switch yet. But if you hadn't bought a Switch yet, go ahead and, you know, make sure that you get in the red box. I think it's it's pretty standard just about everywhere now. They replaced the old uh, white box with the red box to let you know you were getting the better battery. And I think, like, just about every time I go to the store, that's all I've seen now. But don't get duped into buying that white box. Um, you want the better battery life. You If you are picking it up now, that's what you want to get. Um, the other obvious inclusion is the Switch Lite itself uh, is $100 cheaper. And if all you are ever going to do is play a Nintendo Switch in handheld mode, this is the way to go. You definitely want to get a Nintendo Switch Lite if you're never going to play it on your TV. If you are never going to take those controllers off the sides to play with a friend. If this is your system... You are the only person who will play it, and you're not ever going to play it on a television. Yeah, get one. It's $200 savings. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I have given it much consideration to just being my little bedtime system uh, as I go to bed with my wife every night, and she usually has to fall asleep first. That's just kind of the way we have structured 15 years of marriage. So I play games before I go to bed, and... I have given serious consideration to getting the, the Switch Lite, but decided ultimately that I'm waiting for a collector's edition. Uh, I want a Zelda collector's or a Mario collector's or something like that. I know there's been a, a Pokemon one, but I am not a Pokemon guy. So, um, yeah, so that is that is definitely something that's out there and worth it. Uh, another interesting thing is the customizability. Um, the, the Nintendo Switch, with by nature, has the sliding Joy-Con, and... I am both happy with and a little surprised at where we are with the Joy-Con in 2019. Um, I have personally a blue, red, pink, purple, and orange and green one. Um, and those are all, they're wonderful. I love being able to switch out the colors. Uh, I, I like rocking the blue and the orange. I like rocking the uh, purple and the green. I think those are great. And, you know, so we have those around. And it, it, the, the thing that I, reason I say it's surprising is I am surprised there haven't been more variants or more collector's versions. Uh, the only two that they've released that are game specific are the very, very lightly, lightly influenced Smash Brothers ones, which are basically the great controllers with the Smash insignia painted on them. And then the, uh, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu controllers, which literally have Brown for Eevee and yellow for Pikachu. And they really don't look wonderful. I mean, if you're a huge collector or a big Pokemon fan, you can get them. But I'm really surprised we haven't seen more like game specific ones. And uh, that to me was, yeah, a bit surprising. Um, so, I mean, where are we? If, you know, the, the better battery life is a nice thing. But really, outside of that, there's there's not a lot different about the Switch from when you initially bought it to now, or initially could have bought it to now. Um, yeah, 
it's it's a great system. I still love it. I'm still enjoying it. Uh, but but from a system standpoint, it hasn't changed a lot. Now, when we get into games is where you start to see, and I mean, this is where the meat and potatoes is, because the Switch is a game system. There are not a lot of apps on it that do a lot of streaming stuff or whatever. It really is a game system. And um, we start with our third parties. Our third parties are above standard for a Nintendo console, but it's still nowhere near the support that uh, Sony gets or that Microsoft gets. Um, they are fine. I, I actually am quite encouraged, and as I said, it is above par for a Nintendo system, uh, with games like Diablo uh, that came out last year and Civilization and all these things, but really, it comes down to studios. Uh, Activision and Blizzard have been surprisingly good lately, but they're really obviously sticking toward things they think will sell to a Nintendo fan. So we get like Spyro and Crash and... Those games are great. I mean, honestly, I have no issue with Spyro. I have no issue with Crash. Uh, glad Crash Team Racing is there. Uh, it was really exciting this year to see Overwatch come to the system, uh, as well as, I believe it's Diablo 3. Yes, Diablo 3, because Diablo 4 just got announced. And that was last year. And they, they're great games. I mean, they really aren't bad. Uh, the, the Overwatch port, I've heard, is a little touchy, but... I mean, really, it's a competitive multiplayer shooter on a Switch, which is awesome. Um, you know, so so in terms of that, I think Activision Blizzard's been been pretty good. Um, there there are other examples of people who have done very well with it. Um, Ubisoft is one that you know continues to bring some support to the Switch. Uh, the Assassin's Creed uh, Rogue Collection just came out, and apparently those ports are pretty decent. Um, after the Assassin's Creed 3 wasn't great, uh, it's really good to see them kind of put some, some muscle into figuring it out, and Black Flag is apparently a very good game. Uh, CD Projekt Red releasing The Witcher uh, is a work of uh, the dark arts, really, because, man, oh, man, it's it uh, it works really well. And, you know, it, it, it doesn't look great or as great as it would on one of the, the other two consoles that are more powerful, but the fact that it runs and plays, and I've been playing that one, and there's no issue whatsoever with the game. I mean, in terms of playability, it's fantastic, and I've been enjoying it because the Switch is the only way I'm going to be able to play a game with that kind of content. Um, we got Dragon Quest, so Square Enix, who just also announced Bravely Default 2, um, is bringing content, and this is good stuff. I would love to see a little bit more of their Western uh, third-party games such as Tomb Raiders or, you know, Deus Ex or some of that stuff. But I can't complain because they're bringing some some games that, that are good and sell well for the system. Um, you know, and then we've got companies like 2K. 2K is one that I'm a little disappointed in. Uh, they, they, they tried it around with Civilization last year, and it was a great port. It was a great game for the Switch and very good. And then they just kind of fell off the map. Um, I haven't really seen any more games from 2K. And I would love to see XCOM. And I would love to see um, 
Bioshock and some of these other games, Borderlands from 2K, that would make a lot of sense on the Switch. You know, they don't have to be Borderlands 3. They don't have to be XCOM 2. They don't have to be uh, whatever the next Bioshock is. Really just, you know, you have Bioshock Collection. You have all the stuff that you did with the original XCOM and you have all of the stuff that you did with Borderlands 2 that you could bring over. It, you know, there are plenty of port houses out there that can do stuff. And you know, they they just didn't. And I'm kind of sad about that just because uh, there are a lot of really good 2K franchises out there, and I would love to see them come over. Um, additionally, one that, that surprises me in, in a very sad, negative way is, is EA. Uh, they bring over FIFA, and it's a really not great port of FIFA. Um, it's basically last year's version of the FIFA game with... Uh, patched in updated rosters and i mean like they didn't even beat around the bush it's the same game and then they say well it's nintendo's fault and that's dumb i mean you know don't don't treat us like we're idiots because we know that it's ea not really giving any effort so uh, you know third party is a mixed bag that said it's better than most nintendo third party situations i mean if you go back and look at the wii u it's a very sad and pathetic way uh and state that, that that system was in terms of its third party, you know, support. Um, that said, we go to indie games and indie games have been amazing. I mean, if you are an indie studio, small team, bring in a smaller game over and it's not on the eShop, I am actually gobsmacked. I'm surprised that, that they aren't because there have been so many wonderful independent games, even from the likes of, or, uh, of, of Microsoft's own like third party or indie studios. Um, they, the work they're doing with Minecraft continuously, the fact that they brought Cuphead, the fact, the fact that they brought uh, Ori and the Blind Forest over. I think that, you know, these are great games and they're smaller studios for Microsoft and Microsoft saw fit to allow those studios to bring their games to Nintendo as well. And that's, that's awesome. But on top of that, you know, just the output that we've had, like Katana Zero, an untitled Goose game, you know, um, Wargroove, just hat and time games that just keep popping up. The Steam World Quest game, um, Slay the Spire. They're just, you know, they're game upon game upon games of just games in the eShop. And every week they're releasing a ton. And some of them, I'll be honest with you, are garbage. I mean, you really got to look at what you're buying. But there are plenty of amazing, amazing games that have come. And even some of the little tinier ones that, that don't cost a lot. My own kids love the uh, Food Truck Tycoon games where they've released one that's Bur or a hot dog stand, one that's a burger stand, and one that's a pizza stand. And all three of them, my kids have greatly enjoyed. Uh, there are games that are on my wish list, like Gato Robato. Um, just silly little things like that. Uh, I think I already said Katana Zero, but that, that one's a really cool game. This year, I played Enter the Gungeon for the first time, and it was amazing. And And so, like, all you have to do is type in great indie games on the Nintendo Switch, and you in Google is going to bring you a super great list of games that are worth playing, that are worth your investment uh, through the eShop, and just really wonderful, wonderful games. And, uh, yeah, I can't say enough good things, and you should play them. My last thing that I'm going to talk about here is the first-party efforts, and that has always been where Nintendo shines. And this year is no different. I mean, 2018 had a slow start, 
but it picked up, you know, pace. And in the end, it, you know, if you look at the second half of last year, they, they hit with three bangers. I mean, just let's go uh, games, the um, Mario Party and Smash Brothers. And that's really what they needed to do is they ended with an October, a November, and a December game that were just awesome. Um, that just kind of overshadowed the fact that we got like a Captain Toad's port and a Donkey Kong port and the Kirby game. And, you know, it was a very light year, but, but this year they, they had a very quiet spring and, and late winter. You know, we had a, a port of Mario Deluxe. We had a box boy game. We had uh Yoshi's crafted world. They had the VR kit, they had Tetris 99 and all of these games were fine. And there's something there really for everybody. I mean, I know Tetris 99 really shined for me. It was an unexpected hit, but then you got to June. And when you got to June, you just one game after another started coming. I mean, the avalanche really started with Mario maker two and Mario maker two was, was terrific and wonderful. And then all of a sudden it was Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. And then it was Fire Emblem Three Houses. And then it was Astral Chain. And it was The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. And it was Dragon Quest, which was published by Nintendo. And it was Ring Fit Adventure and Luigi's Mansion. And culminating in Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. And you just, there was something there for everybody. They were fantastic games, and the output is crazy. And the even crazier part is when you look at who developed these games. Uh, you know, Mario Maker was an internal studio, but Marvel Ultimate Alliance was not. I know that um, Tecmo Koei had a big hand in the Fire Emblem Three Houses game, and it wasn't that many people from Intelligent Systems. Um, you You had... Next Level Games do Luigi's Mansion. You had um, Grezzo do Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. You had Square Enix doing the Dragon Quest port. You had the Pokemon Company do Pokemon Sword and Shield. And the thing about that is, like, I say these things, and some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. These were people who were helped by Nintendo to make these Nintendo games, but they weren't Nintendo Studios which means that the Nintendo studios themselves are going by, are they behind the curtain and they're tinkering on stuff. Intelligent Systems is working on something else. Retro, uh, who, you know, we're all kind of wondering what happened to their game since they haven't actually made anything since the original Tropical Freeze, but they've been working on something else. The team that did Odyssey is working on something. The team that made Mario Kart 8 is working on something. You know, all of these teams are building stuff, getting them ready, which makes us look forward to 2020 in a big way. But if just these companies that have been assisted by Nintendo have put out such amazing games, man, oh man, it was it was an awesome year. So when you factor in, you know, the state of the Switch right now, you have all those amazing 2017 games to play. First party, third party, indie, all those amazing 2018 games to play and all these amazing 2019 games to play, you have, you realistically, you're not caught up. Unless you're you're very into like big time AAA experiences that have really been lackluster for the last few years. Um, you know, there's been nothing that's made me get off of my couch really in terms of like wanting to go and pick up some amazing third party effort. But Nintendo has just been bringing it. 
and the indies have just been bringing it. And, you know, when the third parties show up on Nintendo, they're not doing bad either. And I think in terms of what you buy the Switch for, which is playing games, there's a ton of great content. Not to mention the free-to-play stuff that I didn't even talk about, the Fortnites and the and the Dauntless and, and Warframe and just all the amazing stuff that's being brought to the Switch. The Switch is a fantastic gaming platform. It's not as powerful. It can't do as much, but it's just great and it does what it's advertised to do if you buy the regular base level switch play it on the couch on your tv pick up your system and walk away it's amazing amazing stuff and i am super encouraged and and very excited to be a nintendo switch player um and you know with with uh, going forward here and this being one of my last podcast of the year and this being just an amazing year for the Switch, uh, I can't wait to kind of share what we're going to do in the next uh, in the next year and being a play-in for Nintendo. Uh, my big one next year or next week, I want to talk predictions. I want to talk about what I think is coming in 2020. Uh, but for now, yeah, if you're a Switch owner, be happy. The current situation is bright. The future is just as bright. We'll talk more about that next week. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. Bye.